0: Welcome to the Value Driven Brand Podcast, where you'll learn insights on how to communicate with authenticity, deliver genuine value, and create a memorable experience across your entire customer journey, helping your business become the sought-after leader in your industry. I'm your host, Aileen Day. Now, on to the show. G'day everyone and welcome back for another episode of the Value Driven Brand Podcast. I am your host Aileen Day and today we are joined by Blue Rock Group's one and only Chief Executive Officer, the one, the amazing Bruce McFarlane. Thank you so much for joining us today. Welcome to the Value Driven Brand Podcast. How are we?
1: Great, thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: My absolute pleasure. I uh, am firstly going to point out to anyone who gets the um, time to watch this podcast on YouTube, you must check out uh, Bruce's uh, virtual backdrop. It is amazing. And uh, just before we started the podcast, he ran me through a sequence of other virtual backdrops that his daughter has kindly made for him, and they are. Hilarious! They're absolutely fantastic. So please let your daughter know. I tip my hat to her and her creativity. She's amazing. Now, for those of you who don't know, Bruce is the brand new welcome to the welcome to the role uh, CEO of the Blue Rock Group, uh, which is a multidisciplinary entrepreneurial I love that word uh, advisory firm which helps. Uh, people to operate and grow successful businesses and achieve their personal goals, predominantly in areas such as uh, law and insurance and what are a couple of other ones? Accounting. Accounting, thank you. Uh, Blue Rock has been uh, in business for over 10 years now and uh, is also a certified B Corporation. Now, for those who might not know, what does that mean?
1: Uh, so B Corp is an independent uh, group started in the US, which uh, where businesses elect through an audit process to demonstrate their values to the community and to their people. Oh. So we we've been part of the um, B Corp community for about three years. Um, so we went through it took us about I think a year and to two years to get registered and to, through the audit process. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so now. We're part of the Australian B Corp B Corp community, but there's lots of great brands like um, Ben and Jerry's and, and Goner and stuff. So yeah, it's lots of, there's about I think 5,000 companies globally now that's part of the B Corp group.
0: Wow, so you're uh, you're all in in good association.
1: Yeah, we, we host so B Labs, which is the um, the business. We host them in our office in at 414 Trobe Street, Melbourne.
0: Very cool. I love that. So, on top of being a certified B Corporation, which is so amazing, uh, you guys were also awarded and featured in BRW's Fast 100 two years in a row. What does that mean?
1: Uh, So, yeah, that's a, I guess, a a revenue growth um, category. So, we nominate to say that our growth has been at a certain level and, yeah, we've been fortunate to be in the last couple of years in the top 100 um, fastest growing companies in Australia.
0: That is phenomenal. Now, if you think that's good, the part that really warms my heart is this next piece, which uh, when I heard this, I understand from working in big corporations myself how hard this can be and now being self-employed, you know, it doesn't change how difficult it is to grow a culture, but you guys have grown a culture so phenomenal that for the last three years in a row, you have placed top 10 in Australia as the best place to work. Top 10 in Australia. That is phenomenal. That is where I Come in and go. That is what creates value. How does that happen? Three years in a row. Your team must be one of the most amazing groups of people and humans. I'm just blown away by that.
1: Yeah, it's been. It's a real focus of the business right from the start is to be a people first business and to really demonstrate um, great culture and and to be to be different. Um, mm. professional services is not generally known for great cultures and supporting its people. Um, so Pete Layla, the founder, wanted to make sure that that it was always um, put people first. Mm. Um, that's reflected, you know, the, the great place to work is, a, again, a, an independent survey um, of your people and also the criteria and, and policies and processes that you have in place. So you submit each year and, yeah, we were fortunate to be seventh and then we were sixth and then we were fourth. Um,
0: Every year it just ex- gets better.
1: Yeah, yeah, so it's, it's been really good to be um, recognised as a great place to work from independent people as well as from our own people. So mm. it's great.
0: Oh, it fills my heart. That is so amazing. <laughs> now, I always love to hear the story about how you get to be where you are today. So what is it that got you into uh, into law and accounting and insurance and into that whole industry? How did that happen for you?
1: Um, I guess if we go right back, uh, my family were in business, so I guess was interested in uh, business from being part of a family business and my grandfather owned a supermarket in Ringwood uh, and my my mum worked in the supermarket and then my grandfather and my dad went into uh, business together when I was very little, obviously, (laughs) and then uh, in a place called Cockatoo and then another place called Seville out in the Arrow Valley. Uh, and Not so I me. worked. Yeah, so I worked in the family business basically my whole life, from sitting in a high chair at the cash register um, in the 70s. Um, but I also, but I got interested in the business. So yeah, you know, from packing shelves to doing deliveries with Dad, taking food to people that, you know, back in the 70s that didn't have cars and stuff. Um, mm. You know, very community-minded. So I learned a lot about community and business. Um, from my dad and my grandfather. Um, mum worked full-time in the business. So, yeah, we used to come, my brother and I come home from school and work in the business. So I, I really enjoyed entrepreneurship. I enjoyed community and I enjoyed business. Um, and then, yeah, at school I, I did okay and got accepted into law at Monash. Um, actually didn't really want to be a lawyer but was more interested in uh, the accounting and the business side of things. But oh. I law was a good degree to have. Um, if you want to go into business, Mm -hmm. uh, so used the law degree, kept working in the family business all the way through, um, the law's degree. But then towards the end of it, um, dad sold out, dad had business partners by this stage and, and sold out. It didn't look like my brother and I were going to follow and, uh, run the businesses. So dad and dad had some health issues. So he got out, um, I became a lawyer, um, And then interestingly, one of my first big clients was um, Metcash, which supplied groceries to the supermarkets, which my my dad and family owned. But so I ended up being a lawyer, you know, which was a a Melbourne-based law firm, became a national law firm. Mm -hmm. So I worked there for 20 years, um, ended up running a corporate team and was on the board, um, sort of part of the national expansion of that firm, Um, went from seven partners to, I think they've probably got about 80 or 90 partners down. Holy moly. Yeah, about
0: 600,
1: 700 people at that business. Um, So I did that for 20 years. I left um, three years ago to join Blue Rock. Mm -hmm. And that was a decision after 20 years in one organisation. Yeah. Um, At my previous firm, I was involved in innovation, um, sort of helping look at things differently in a law firm environment. Um, innovation and law firms don't necessarily go hand in hand. It's not...
0: They're a little bit of an oxymoron, aren't they?
1: Yeah, it's not something (laughs) that... It's difficult for them. It's a partnership model. It's not a company. They don't, you know, the the returns they make need to go out to the partners every year as opposed to being reinvested. Mm. Um, So, yeah, it's difficult. So as part of that journey, um, I I knew Pete, the founder of Blue Rock, and so... um, I spent a bit of time talking to him and how my current firm and Blue Rock could work together. Um, And, yeah, in the end that didn't work out. So I decided to just join Blue Rock and join them to head it up the law firm. Yes. Um, So I still have a role as the managing director of the law firm. Um, But, yeah, Pete, after 12 years of running the whole business, he wanted to work on some different things. So he's now the chief entrepreneur. At Blue Rock, um, I love that. role. So he's, he's got some other projects that he's working <laughs> on, and uh, yeah, and I'm I'm working on uh, running the business.
0: I love that. Now, are you still uh, on multiple boards and and all that stuff as well?
1: Um, yeah. So Blue Rock, I guess, predominantly is a professional services firm, so mm. we it's more disciplinary, as you said. So. We have, you know, accounting, wealth management, law, finance, digital, property advisory. So we've got about 150 people in that business. Um, But then we also have an investment business called Everything is Awesome. Um,
0: Like the Lego movie?
1: Yeah, there's lots of Lego in our office. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so Everything is Awesome is uh, the head entity of the group which owns the majority of the professional services business but also has an investment in a number of different companies. So we've got hospitality businesses, uh, retail businesses, we've got an e-sports business, we've got um, property consulting um, technology, so a number of different businesses and a lot of those businesses co-locate with us in our office in Melbourne.
0: Mm.
1: Um, so, so we share, so we've got from the, <laughs> we've got our clients and our, biz- and our sort of other businesses will share an office um so we see it as we talk a lot about community um mm-hmm. and so our sort of broader community or professional community includes our clients that spend time in our office as well
0: i love that it's very kumbaya
1: yeah so the what a I guess culture. The original question around directorship. So I'm a director of a couple of those investment companies. So I'm a director of an am e- a director of the holding company, yeah. um, which has investments, but I'm a director of the esports business. Um, yeah, and I've got other other businesses as well. So that we're part it's of that. so eclectic part of direct- as
0: well. You know, a lot yes. of a lot of the time people <laughs> choose to you know, kind of invest in and and spend their energy in. in- you know, maybe one type of industry, but you guys are are um so varied, and I love how you know. I remember the first time we started talking, and I was saying how I was doing streaming on Twitch, and you said you you're doing esports. I'm like, you what? Huh?
1: What? Well, it's um, it's uh, well during COVID, it's been probably a good thing to have a, a range of things. Like we're our uh, hosp- hospitality venues um, mostly closed at the moment, so. Um, it's been tough for those businesses. But then, yeah, esports, with all the mainstream sports closed down, the esports are having its time in the sun. People are getting yeah, getting very involved in that. So, yeah, it's a good, you know, I guess in terms of an investment strategy to have a range of different investments from technology to esports to
0: pubs and Diversification restaurants. Diversification yeah. at its finest. Now, Bruce, we are... Here, because we want to teach business owners, leaders, entrepreneurs, uh, people, humans, how to deliver their own version of a value driven brand. Now, uh, the beauty of this podcast is every guest comes up with something unique and different. And I uh, selfishly get to learn from some of the best. And that is not going to be any different than uh, today, and you have got some really brilliant uh, points around how you believe uh, people can deliver their own value driven brand. Now, one of the points that you have already kind of touched on a little bit was to develop a people first culture. What does that tactically look like? So, when we say, you know, develop a people first culture, we can say it, but what does it look like?
1: Um, so for us, what it means is that, you know, you put your people first in every situation. So how that plays out in practice is um, under- thinking about um, your purpose. So what what's the purpose of the organisation? So for us, uh, one of our mantras is um, do the things you love with people you care about and great things will happen. Um, I love that. So I guess if you start with that as your purpose, um, make sure that you have some great values um, mm-hmm. that back your purpose. So we're very much a value-based organisation um, and that's important to us. So we live our values where, you know, they're, they're front and centre all the time. Um, with you, Then back to the people first Then So that's from everything to your agendas of your meeting to, mm-hmm. you know, when you talk, when you have a team cat, when you have a, a, meeting, a monthly meeting about performance, you start with people. Then you talk about your other stakeholders, which is your clients, and then you talk about your third stakeholder being your investors. So yeah. make sure that you, you have, now Richard Branson's pretty prominent in sort of talking about things in that way, that, you you know, you with your three stakeholders, your know, people are your most important in any business, um, but it's definitely the case in professional services.
0: Yeah, I couldn't uh, agree more.
1: Uh, I I
0: was going to say, I find that to be um, such prudent uh, insight because many businesses tend to focus and it's not necessarily wrong, wrong, but they focus so heavily on the customer, which is brilliant. But the thing that they also need to take into consideration is that their team, their talent is also their first customer. And when you've got them on side and, and developing and growing and feeling comfortable and, and ch- challenged and, you know, and safe, uh, you know, then you can go and care and deliver even more to that next stakeholder, which is, as you said, the client. Yeah, the other thing just... that you've said is uh, have a clear purpose and values. So we just touched on that. How do we find our purpose? You know, everybody's out there going, find your purpose. What does that even mean?
1: I think it's important for the organisation to really understand what they do. And So for us, yeah, it's that's that sort of mantra around doing the things you love with people you care about. That's that's really the heart of our purpose is, you know, what, what are people passionate about and who, who do they really care about? Mm. Um, so that's why we talk a lot about community. Probably the other thing for us is, um, which is sort of the next point on, on the list I sent through, but around creating opportunities. So mm. what we think is, so one of our other mantras is growth creates opportunities and that, that the growth in, you know, revenue, obviously growth in profit is, a mm. is part, but growth in the, for the person. So making sure that your team are always growing. So they're always learning. They're always developing yeah. because that creates opportunities for them. Um, and then for the broader community. So, you know, but in terms of developing your purpose, that's something that someone can actually teach you what your purpose is. It's really understanding what's your purpose as an individual and how does that align with the people
0: that you're working with? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it might even evolve over the years, but I think one of the best things you can do is work towards learning what that purpose is and then filling your cup from there. But, the point you make about the growth and um, that creating opportunities is, is so fantastic in the sense of when we talk about, um, you know, reducing uh, team member churn and or team member turnover or, um, you know, even customer turnover, if your team are feeling challenged and they're feeling supported in that challenge, the result of that development, that personal development, that career development is is phenomenal. They don't want to leave because they're always in a position where someone believes in them to do more, to do different, to do something new. And um, one thing, I recently just finished reading a book from uh, a guy called Daniel Pink called Drive, uh, The Surprising Truth About What Motivates Us. And one of the things that he said is very similar to that, which is, you know, deliver autonomy with boundaries and challenge and drive your team to always, uh, you know, develop themselves and what they know, they think they know, and they'll never leave mm. because that's a, intrinsically as humans, we love it, but we don't get enough of it. So to have an employer who understands that is is a beautiful thing. I won't say rare. Hopefully one day it'll be quite prominent and, and you know, just a given, but at the moment it's not.
1: It's interesting, the whole turnover thing, because in professional services, there is always a degree of turnover, so Mm. it's not, I guess what we, the way we think about that is that we really encourage people to find what they're passionate about, and that may not be being a lawyer or being an accountant. So um, I guess part of our culture is very much um, the innovation and being um, different, and so we and the entrepreneurship. So we, we really encourage people to have that side hustle. You know, like if 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 they're not if they're not in something that they're passionate about, but they can't afford to leave their job, well mm. we don't don't hide it. Tell us about it, and let's see how we can support you in that. So I think that you, being aware that um, you know people don't work for one employer for life. Um, and as you said, finding their purpose—it could be an—it's an evolving thing. Mm. Um, so, you know, just being conscious of that and ensuring that whilst people are working with you, that they're in, they're engaged, um, they're not just going through the motions, that they're passionate about what they're doing, mm. and that if they have got further goals and ambitions to do something different, that you can find out find a way to support them to do that. And that mm. might, and because of the type of business we are, a lot of the time that's entrepreneurial, you know, tech-related, you know, things that are different. Um, and so we support people to, to look at those things and see how we can go into it. And some of the businesses we've got is, you know, we've invested in businesses that our people are involved in. So, <gasps> yeah, yeah. That so is that's, amazing. It all, so it all ties together. But I guess the end of the day it's back to um, making sure that you've got the right people in your team that mm. are all, aligned with your purpose. And if that works out, well, I see that as a great thing for your clients because oh. from your client's point of view, you know, they're working with people that are passionate um, and that people that really care about each other, mm. um, that's, it makes it's a lot easier. And so, you, you know, your clients come back as well. So, you know, we don't have a lot of turnover but we don't mind that we have some yeah. um, and we don't have a lot of client turnover as well because, you know, you, you clients, we like to be that, entrepreneurial advisor, that trusted advisor, um, so we can go on a journey with our clients that are looking to grow their business.
0: And is it a safe assumption that because you encourage your team to uh, live this entrepreneurial lifestyle as well, that that highly resonates with your clients in the sense of your team implicitly understand that journey that your clients are on as well and it's not a case of I went to uni and I learned entrepreneurship and now I think I can tell you all about it. I actually live it. It's a lived experience and I can help you on your own journey through that as well.
1: That's definitely right. So, um, most people's when they go to see their lawyer or their accountant or their wealth advisor, um, they have spent their whole life in professional services. Mm. And so, it's difficult they can have empathy with their clients and they can try and, un- and they can understand their business and they can understand the risk and the financial aspects of the business. Um, what we try and do is flip it around the other way and say, well, we can walk in your shoes because we're running another business um, and we understand what it's like to take risk and put things on the line to make things, for things to work. And if it doesn't work, what does failure look like? And yeah. one of the things that, you know, I think professional services the fear of failure is a very difficult thing because you don't want your lawyer to be, the lawyers point out risk. It's, you know, you, you sort of, that's that's how they're trained. Um, accountants are also generally pretty conservative in terms of what they do. And so, you know, we've got that in our training, but at the same time um, the fact that we're prepared to invest in businesses, start businesses from scratch, mm. um, understand that whole, entrepreneurial journey and so that resonates with clients so lots of clients are attracted to us mm-hmm. um, in certain industries particularly like we've got a lot of clients in retail and hospitality because we own businesses in retail and hospitality yeah. we've got business in we're developing technology businesses so we have another a lot of clients that have technology businesses just because they know that we understand you know what what goes to making a good technology business so
0: you get them yeah. yeah, 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 I get it. Uh, one of the other things that I really, really love, um, and you kind of touched on it with the B Corporation stuff, but one of the things that you have also um, stated helped create a value driven brand is to support your community and give back. So, how does Blue Rock um, make that happen?
1: Um, again, it's part of just what we do, so it's part of our our values and our pillars to make sure that we're doing something for the community. So we actively encourage our people to participate in their local community. So, you know, we support them to do things, you know, like little things like, you know, the local footy club or the local, whatever. So be part of that. So it's not like, you know, lots of people in professional services, that's difficult because they're so worried about their timesheet. We're very keen for people to, um, not work exceptionally long hours, mm. um, so they have time to do that, um, and that that starts at the top. So, you know, Pete, do, so doing things that providing benefits to the staff to make sure that they get out of the, get out of the office, yeah. um, so they have time to do that. So, you know, we things like gym memberships, we pay for people's gym memberships. So then they, and then we try and get people to go to the gym, you know, together, um, and then. Also, then get involved in their local gym and local community and stuff like that. So, the other one is um, we've got a wealth management business. And mm. so, that, you know, we have clients that have, you know, everything from startup entrepreneurs right through to family groups that have got, you know, a billion dollars in there through the whole family. And so, Just a lazy large, <laughs> yeah, it's a large, having some large clients has allowed us to support them in their philanthropic goals and help Mm. set up different, um, you know, whether it be for a particular family to set up a a, a fund so that they can, for their giving strategies. So we've ended up doing something similar for ourselves is setting up a, the B Blue Blue Rock Foundation. um, So then other clients that aren't worth that much and don't invest that much can all pull the money and we can give to to different um, charities and not for profits. So, we're pretty it's active so in it. Yeah, so being, um, so that's part of, there's the the cash part of it is mm. sort of working with clients and, and our own um, funds, but also the time-based. So, you know, getting, finding some groups that we can support where we, our, our team work in different charities or different community organisations. So, you know, it's I think it, all those things is just making sure that the leaders in the organisation support this sort of stuff yeah. and then the people, the, you know, they're, they're leading by doing and getting involved in these things, um, and then the people, you know, are comfortable to do that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. They can see there's no ramifications if if uh, everyone at the top's doing the same thing, which creates again that that culture of feeling safe and and um, and wanting to do more and give back to the community. I love that. <laughs> You said you try to get them to go to the gym in groups. It's the only way I'd go. Yeah. <laughs> I hate going to the gym it, alone.
1: Yeah, but it's just part of, it's, again, building culture and building connections with mm. the people and, and then that flows through into the community as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely, helping their local small businesses. Um, yeah, that's fantastic. I do remember uh, one time one of my employers was uh, organised a donation to Red Kite, which is a a charity in Australia. And uh, it was a double whammy bonus because the donation only occurred if the team member took half the day off. So the team member got half a day. They had to commit to doing something meaningful with their family or friends. And after that, the donation went through to Red Kite for their um they got half a day off paid mind you paid (laughs) and a donation went to red kite i was like that is the best (laughs) i got half a day off work and money went to a charity they didn't even have to do anything these days uh i can definitely see the benefit in getting more involved you know um like to donate my time uh to animal shelters and um my son and I are about to go and start doing a rostered feeding of um, some local homeless people, which I think is a good activity for a nine year old who seems to think everything gets served to him on a silver platter. So, but I love that you, as an organisation from the top down, make it a priority to get into the community and give back. And I think if more organisations, small, micro, big, were to do the same thing, it would be a different country. Uh, One of the other things that you said to us was dare to be different and continue to innovate. Now, I am a huge advocate for innovation. I think if you don't innovate, you're probably going to die. One of the best things... (laughs) about being different I love that when I started to learn about your business your organization your marketing and initially I screwed my nose up at it sorry blue rock but it grew on me so quickly and I started to see your content in my social media feeds and I realized it is some of the most smartest marketing that I have seen in such a long time because now I instantly even without seeing the logo, know exactly who that is uh, when I see it in my social media feed. And I'm most certainly sure that is just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to be different. What does that look like, dare to be different and continue to innovate inside Blue Rock?
1: Um, Well, I guess dare to be different... Most people find that the sort of larger professional service firms are quite similar. So if you go to a side of a large accounting firm or a large law firm, they're, they're very similar. Um, if you go to our website, it's very different. Um, there's lots of lots of colour um, mm-hmm. and lots of animals and all sorts of strange. On our website. <laughs> I think there's my background here. Yeah, my background here. Is, yeah, there's a whole lot of stuff. Um, I haven't. This is probably one of the tamer backgrounds we've got. Yeah. Um, but the point is that I guess the thing, what Pete and the and the early people in the business thought, is that you want, you know, with that entrepreneurial side of things, and we want people to think a little bit differently, and so. If we had the same office and the same website as all the other law and accounting firms, um, then people would, you know, it's, it's. We want creativity and innovation to be at the forefront of what we're doing. So that's what you know. If you, our website is very different. Our office itself is also very different. Um, most people walk into our office and they don't actually realize that they're in a professional services firm. There's a lot of, um, each there's you know three floors and there's a lot. It's a lot of color. There's lots of you know it's more things that you would probably expect to see at a tech startup, you know, with monkey bars and swings in reception with a giant Superman and a horse and things like that. I can't so wait then, for
0: isolation to be over. I'm coming in.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The, the other four, we've got an enchanted garden on another floor with a big tree and uh, a unicorn and all sorts of stuff. So there's a, there's a lot of, we've got themed areas for early innovators and entrepreneurs. So we've got our Attenborough area with lots of animals and, We've got a gouty area and um, so there's lots of different things. So I guess that what it is is, one, we don't take ourselves too seriously. So, Mm. you know, one of the things that we're we're, um, very focused on is not judging people and just allowing people to be themselves. And so, you know, that allows lots of different differences in how, pe- you know, the people that are both our clients and, our- and ourselves, um, and we think that does also help with innovation. So, mm. you know, professional services, again, as we said earlier, not necessarily known to be super innovative. Um, mm. We think that we are ahead of the curve in terms of use of technology and just doing things a little bit differently. Law and accounting are two industries that um People like to do things the same way that they've always done them. Um, and so, you know, they've both been disrupted rapidly now. Um, so the role of the lawyer and the role of the accountant in particular, but also the role of the wealth advisor, the insurance broker, the finance broker, yeah. all different parts of the business, um, the use of technology is, is continuing to accelerate. And so you need to make sure that you, you're not doing the same as what everybody else is doing. Mm. Um, yeah, so... The, you know, that's in everything we do is just asking that question, could I be doing this differently?
0: Yeah. And I think that is a fantastic question because I literally just before uh, we started doing this this afternoon, uh, was doing a mentoring session and explaining to a client that one of the things that entrepreneurs are horrible at doing is asking themselves the question, or reflecting on what it is we do to understand whether or not there's actually a better way to do it. And we just get stuck in this doldrum of, you know, doing things the way we think they should be done or the way they always used to be done. And uh, before we know it, we're outdated and and we haven't innovated at all. Someone's legs ahead of us and we're out of business. So I think um, and I really love that part around, um, you know, not judging people and and that helping people's creativity and innovation because, you know, so many times I've experienced and seen situations where people want to be creative and they want to create change and, and innovate but, you know, the systems don't let them or they get told, yeah, 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 give us your ideas, but then nothing ever comes from them or, oh, maybe we'll hold off on that or we're not quite, you're a bit ahead of your time and nothing changes. So people give up on being innovative and that is clearly not a thing that happens at Blue Rock and I absolutely love that you have so many different levels of, um, you know, facets of creativity happening in that office that people, you know, people might feel like a Nambra day today, but tomorrow they might feel like a, you know, sitting sitting in Lego. (laughs) Not me personally. I have PTSD when it comes to Lego. Too many years of stepping on it. (laughs) They are, Bruce, some absolutely fantastic uh, tactics on how, business owners can go and implement their own value-driven brand in their own companies, big, small, micro. It doesn't matter. These are such low-barrier um, suggestions and, and and ideas that anybody can put them into practice. And that is what I love, that these aren't hard things to, to develop a people-first culture. Not that hard, you know, to to have some purpose and values around why you do business, you know, who you want to do business with so that you can enjoy doing business, some fantastic ideas. And if you are listening to this and you don't have, you know, strategically um, you haven't sat down and reflected on what those values are to you, you know, I say to my customers all the time, values to me in business means the behavioural traits that I will not do business without. So they are they are live and die behavioral traits for me. For example, I won't do business with people that don't show integrity. I just won't. You know, there's such a high value to me in my business that that's how I roll. If I feel that you're not showing integrity in what you do, we don't do business. You know, if you don't show passion in what you do, we don't do business. So for you in business... Having that list of what you value the most in in how you deliver yourself and what you get back is um, just such a fantastic foundation, and everything goes from there. Would you say? Would you agree with that? Like everything comes back to those values.
1: Yeah, I think that's right. It starts with the purpose, and make sure that you've got the values that you live by, um, mm. and that drives the behaviours that you need to be successful.
0: Exactly. Now, we are just about out of time. But before we go, I have got to the point where I am asking everybody uh, that comes on to the Value Driven Brand podcast to tell me that one song that gets them pumped up for anything. Now, Bruce, do you remember the song? That you told me gets you pumped up for anything?
1: Uh, yeah, so I like uh, a band called the Pop Bellies and the song Don't Hold Back. Um, probably didn't love the fact that it's now part of an ad, but also. <laughs> um. Is
0: that a Jeep <laughs> ad? Yeah. Jeep? Yeah, I drive a Jeep. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how good it is. They realised that's how motivating it is. They had to put it into a commercial. So, you might not know this yet, but what I am doing is every guest is being asked to give me that one song that uh, gets them ready for anything, and it is being included in my own official Spotify playlist, which will be available to anyone listening to this on my website, valuedrivenbrand.com. And by the time you hear that playlist, There is no reason that you cannot be ready for anything that comes in your way. You're going to be pumped AF, right? Pumped. This is going to be the most smashing playlist. I've already started playing it myself. So, Bruce, thank you for your contribution. It is officially added to the playlist. And on that note, I want to say thank you so much for joining us. If you listening in are interested in learning more about Blue Rock and Bruce McFarlane, the CEO of the Blue Rock Group, and all the amazing things that they do to be created creative, sorry, and to be um, that uh, best uh, best place to work three years in a row. What they're doing, how they're doing it, learn from the best then all you need to do is go to bluerock.com.au on the interwebs. And if you would like to hear this podcast again or get any more information on how you can connect with Bruce himself, you are welcome to visit valuedrivenbrand.com.au. That is valuedrivenbrand.com. Sorry, not .au. Just valuedrivenbrand.com.com. Until next week, Thank you, Bruce, for coming in. You are an absolute treasure and a champion. I love learning from you. It is a privilege.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's been a lot of fun.
0: My pleasure. And until next week, everybody, stay tuned, stay safe, and uh, go create some value. Thanks for listening to the Value Driven Brand Podcast with your host, Aileen Day. Is your business struggling to become known as the sought-after leader in your industry? Access our Value Driven Brand quiz and special three-part podcast series to identify the gaps and what you need to focus on first. Go to www.valuedrivenbrand.com forward slash podcast series. That's valuedrivenbrand.com forward slash podcast series. Tune in next time where we discuss more ideas on how you can deliver your own value-driven brand.